You're listening to the FYI podcast. Hey guys, it's Josiah. And before we dive into today's episode, the end of 2023, fast upon us, would you consider a year end gift of any size to the ministry of young adults today? We exist to reach young adults for Christ and to train leaders and churches to do the same. You can click the link in the show notes or visit www.youngadults.today slash give to learn more and to make a year-end contribution. Thanks so much for your consideration. Here's for today's episode. You're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about your life and your faith as a 20-something, as a 30-something, as a young adult. We talk about your mental health, your finances, your theology, things that matter. We're doing a little bit of relationships today, but I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Micah Keneally. Happy Friday. We are your hosts, if you do not know this, and we love you as a listener. You pose a question as a listener each and every single week. So we unpack that. We hopefully point you back to the word of God, share a little bit of our story in between, some things that we're seeing, but we hope and pray that you end your week strong and begin your weekend even stronger by listening and tuning into this. Would you do us a favor and subscribe to this episode, this podcast, the FYI podcast, wherever you're streaming? Mm -hmm. And would you leave us a review as well as share this message with others? Um, We would just so, so appreciate that. And we thank you for being a part of the FYI community. Yes. And how we start every episode is we top it off at the very beginning with a verse, right? Bring it. And Josiah, you have, if you want me to read this one? Or you want to read mine? You've got one. I've got one. Ladies first. You Ooh, go. Okay. So here's the one I feel like God downloaded to me. It's Psalm 119, 105. And it says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we'll just unpack that a little later when I share some stuff. But how awesome is that? We can rely oh on the word God. of God to help us be guided, led, hopefully on the right path of our calling, life, future, oh everything, God. right? And, you know, also in the Old Testament book of Joshua 24, 15, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors who served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that good? We will serve the Lord daily decision. It's a choice. It's Mm -hmm. a decision to serve God and following God then has a ripple effect of our belief Then impacts our behaviors, our attitudes, Mm -hmm. our mindsets and our choices. And we're talking about choices this day. The question came in from Maddie. I think this one has the potential to be, I mean, the most popular episode mm-hmm. we've ever done, I think. Yeah. Really based on how powerful and packed her question even was. So seriously. Shout out to Maddie. And she asked, so how do we choose our spouse or just move forward in a relationship with someone in dating, even if we don't get that quote unquote confirmation, close quote, from God. Yeah. And I think even in parts of her story that she shared, so she had submitted a big paragraph, so we kind of broke it down, but I think her question even had the word, the supernatural confirmation, yep. meaning some crazy experience, some confirmation, a dream, a vision, whatever that is and was more of like a, a prophetic encounter probably. Right. And we're going to talk about both. Yeah. You've had that. 
I I have not as it mm-hmm. relates to our relationship. Right. But talk about the divine, the miraculous, the miracles, the majestic, the mysterious mm-hmm. deity of God that he is the dream giver. And he said in Acts, yeah. he's going to pour out his spirit. You talked about the word of God. Mm-hmm. He He's going to speak through his word, through yep. counsel, through community, through the church. Yep. But even in, in dreams and visions, talk about the supernatural experience you had. Well, I know not everybody is going to experience this and this maybe isn't the norm, but I I prayed for this. This is something I wanted. So this is something I desired. This is how I felt God had to speak, had to speak to me to get me to physically move out of state to step into the next chapter. And I had a dream of Josiah, not knowing him, not knowing who he was, where he was at, what he did. But I knew in my singleness that I was called to ministry. I was called to the next generation. I was called to reach young men and women, and I was passionate about it. And I had specifically went to bed one night and I said, Lord, if my future spouse is does not live here, then take me to him in your time. And I want to see his face before I wake up tomorrow. Like I, I want to have a literal dream, sleep dream of him. And I woke up and I did have that. I literally woke up and I was like, I have no idea where this dream took place. I have no idea who this person is. And I felt God prompted my heart. And it was more like, um, like, uh, I don't know, a calling out for me. It was just like, well, Micah, what have you been praying for? What have you been asking for? And what have you been fasting for? Do you want what I have for you? Like those, that's how I felt like convicted more or less. And I said, yeah, God, I want everything you have for me. Like, forgive me for even praying a prayer than saying, I don't even know anybody who looks like this, you know? And Fast forward as time went on, I I began to pray into that dream. And here's where I think when it comes into anything supernatural is to pray into that experience or pray into that word or that vision or dream, because I don't want to take anything out of context, right? I think that's the biggest thing we can do as humans is to spiritualize any and all experiences when in reality, maybe it was a crazy pizza party you had the night before, you know? So I literally had prayed. I was like, Lord, if that is in fact my spouse, I pray for him. I pray for my future spouse and I pray for myself. Help us to both be obedient and in God's will in the meantime, if this is what you truly have. So I ended up moving to Minneapolis, met Josiah, one of my first couple months here, remember shaking his hand at church. And he was the man from the dream. This was the city because it was downtown Minneapolis on a bridge where I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly the city that I took place in my dream when I went to bed that night. And I remember the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and it was more or less like, I will bring you together in my time. Just don't share this dream with anybody. So and that's where it all started. Essentially was a prayer, me pursuing the Lord in my singleness and praying into that dream and vision and praying for if it were in true, it, indeed God, and it was of him that I was going to be praying for Josiah's relationship with Jesus, his obedience, um, and just him as a person. And I said, I'm not going to be that woman that pursues because I've done that. And that just doesn't seem to work. I just didn't want to do what I did before because I obviously didn't get what I was praying for or wasn't doing it according to what God instructs essentially. And Every time I hear that story, I've heard like a story. I didn't hear that story until we were, I think, engaged or married. But every time I hear it, I go, whoa, that's why, because God is the dream giver. He does speak through visions and dreams. But you did not have that. Right, right. But we do serve the God of the possible Mm -hmm. and he makes all things possible. And so God can totally do that. 
At the same time, I did not have this like ding, 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 miraculous, you know, supernatural type of confirmation. And, and that's like, today's question is like Maddie saying, like, how do we choose our spouse? Like, and when we don't have that, right. And how do we know confidently to move forward? And I'll just speak to my experience with that. Right. Having been a person of prayer and in my young adulthood was seeking God and was reading God. And I, I've had a vision about other things in my life, but I just, Hmm. I remember meeting Micah. Mm-hmm. I remember becoming friends. I remember there was a missions trip that we both went on with a team. We, we visited a, a, a different country and we were serving college students there. And I remember seeing Micah's heart mm-hmm. for the Lord, for ministry, for people, for others, mm-hmm. and just her Christ-like servant's heart. And I was like, wow. I, I saw her heart for who she was, I think for one of the first times, because we knew each other for almost a year, probably. But um, when you're traveling across the world, yeah. you're in a plane proximity, you're in uncomfortable situations yeah. or places you've never been. Right. Yeah. You see, you see different things in people, right. And it could be good, bad, ugly. Yeah. And, and I saw your heart in mm-hmm. that season. And then I remember waiting on that because I was a pastor at the church. I had a rule. Mm-hmm that I didn't date people from the church. Well, it turns out good news thing to thing because she wasn't from that church. She <laughs> moved from out of state. And I, I also had a list and I remember, you know, being methodical, being, I think, cautious with big decisions. I make bold moves for God's kingdom, but I'm also mm-hmm. pretty methodical about them and make sure the risks are calculated. And I remember <laughs> seeing like, wow, on paper, Micah is everything I'm looking for. And just having that hesitancy, but we moved forward. We, we, I asked her about dating and, and the opportunity, asked her for the opportunity to get to know her better. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I'm guessing here, but I bet it was three, four months into dating that, um, I actually broke things off. December 17th. I remember. There it is. <laughs> and I remember just feeling hesitant about some things probably from some heartbreak and hurt that I had had in the past and also just really not wanting to waste her time or my time. And, and there was just in that breakup, I had a moment where I saw my life without Micah. Mm-hmm. And I think for the listener, if you're in a relationship or, or someday want to be in a relationship, I think it's really important that you get a, a picture of what could your life look like with this person, but also mm-hmm. what would your life look like without this person? Some breakups, you probably go, wow, my life's better. Dodged right. a bullet. That was miserable. In our case, in my case, I was like, wow, I don't like how my future looks without her in it. Mm-hmm. And that breakup ended up being a defining moment that brought us back together. Mm-hmm. And, but I think that even after that breakup, after then dating, we were, I think, starting to have more serious conversations. And I think things mm-hmm. like, your parents' approval, my parents' approval, um, our community. I, I remember my pastor, my entire life, we had the type of relationship where I called him and I said, he had then retired and moved out of state. But I said, Hey, pastor, I, I I'm thinking about this and, and I'm just cautious about it. I want to make the right 
decision. You know, other people had just said who you marry is such a big decision. And I agree, agree, mm-hmm. agree. Right. And I remember saying, Hey, Pastor Jerry, you know, do you see any red flags? And he goes, Josiah, if he was in Arizona, he goes, if I <laughs> felt like you were <sighs> making a mistake, I would fly to Minnesota. I unannounced, I would grab you by the neck. I would shake you and say, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Instead, he goes, what I'm getting ready to do is to fly to Minnesota and say, what are you <laughs> waiting for? But that was a little bit of, uh, an encouragement that, you know, and, and I think my, our community, my friends had gotten to know Micah. I had gotten to know her friends and in the process though, um, I think I was almost waiting for a divine revelation or confirmation. And I definitely asked her dad's mm-hmm. approval. The right. funny, I, I think I asked three fathers approval and here's what I mean. Okay. I asked Micah's dad mm-hmm. for her hand in marriage, her spiritual father, her pastor from North Dakota had said like, Hey, if any guy's going to marry you, he's going to ask my blessing first. And then before any of that, I had really asked the heavenly father, like God, <laughs> Would you be speaking to me about this relationship? Yeah. Do I have your blessing? Do I have your approval? And I sense that. Um, but I think at the end of the day, ultimately, mm-hmm. Maddie, to the listener, you both need to choose. And to the verse of the day that I selected, you need to continue to choose mm-hmm. because it's really easy when there's the euphoria and there's yeah. the endorphins and there's the emotions and what a mix endorphins, euphoria, and emotions on the front end of a relationship and everything's bliss and everything's new and everything's exciting. Right. It's really easy to choose those days. And I think when there's harder challenges of life, you need to continue to choose. Last week right. in the episode, we talked about the importance of six things, right? Yeah. To talk about before marriage. Exactly. To be mindful of. Exactly. Yeah. So, so good. But talk about the verse of the day of Psalm 119, God's word and unpacking that. Well, I think if I know Maddie's a believer and I've been able to mentor her and just see her grow as a person and it's just been awesome. And I think for the listener who is choosing to follow Christ, like when we are in the word of God, we, we are supernaturally downloaded wisdom when we ask for it, knowledge, insight, um, the ability to love, the ability to forgive, the ability to extend grace, like all these things come out because it's God's character and Jesus' character through the words of the Bible that encourage our heart. And I always think about this when I'm in a season and I'm trying to make things, um, bring some clarity and to shed some light. I mean, I love this verse because um, the word is a lamp unto my feet, meaning that I'm reading the word of God and the word of God is like, it's, there's direction, there's instruction, there's correction. There's all these different things going on like that I need to work on in my character. Like I'm working, there's a reason why the Bible says work out your own salvation. Your relationship with Jesus should come first and foremost before any man, before any other woman um, in relationship, dating, engagement, marriage. It doesn't change. It is you and Jesus first and foremost, or you and you and God. And I like the second part of the, the verse because it says like the word is a lamp unto my feet. Yes. And a light unto my path. And I think in the dating world, at least in my experience, you kind of stand there and you feel like you're in the dark wondering if this is the person you should date, pursue, or make yourself even available to. 
and you start second guessing everything. And instead of like reading the word of God and becoming and being the person God has called you to be and become in the process of life, we kind of just stand in the dark wondering, why is my lantern not working? Why is the word of God not lighting the next step? If you are in cadence with Christ and if you are walking in obedience with him, it will be illuminated, right? It will be illuminated. And I would say in the dating world, the image I get for this question is something that's kind of come up in my past is it's like a glass staircase. Like everything's black, but it's a glass staircase. And the moment you put yourself into the dating world, that first little like little step, it goes boom and it, like it glows gold. Like it just lights up. I see what you're saying. And you can't always see the, you know, the next step is there because steps, they like literal steps that you have placed in your home, on your front step, anywhere, literally have a certain measurement. If they're too short, you're going to trip. If they're too tall, you're going to trip. But the stairs, I feel like God has placed before us supernaturally and, and in the word of God. And in this vision that I keep getting for this message is they're all equally you know them where the next step is. It's right in front of the next one. And then when you step onto that second step, it illuminates and illuminates and it illuminates. And you soon find yourself walking the staircase up and all the stairs are illuminated. That's exactly what the word of God does. And I would say with the word of God, it doesn't only bring direction, correction, and just like, you know, brings insight to you. What it does is it allows peace to be within your soul. So if the person that you are dating and choosing to date makes you a better person and brings out the best in you, sharpens you, can lovingly correct without you being so offended. And if there's peace when you look down the road in the future that you think you could have together, that could be an indicator that you're heading in the right direction. Now, if you're standing on the glass staircase and it's just not illuminating and you're trying to step and you're trying to walk, that might be God saying, this is a dead end and I'm saving and protecting you from something. But if you feel that there's peace, if you feel like there is no chaos, if you feel like there is a healthy pursuit for Christ and each other in the current season, and you both have plans with or without each other in the future, that means that you're not trying to attach yourself to somebody and just be along for the joy ride. So I would say become the person that God wants you to be. And in that process, you potentially have the opportunity to cross paths with somebody who's pursuing the same thing. And if you complement versus complete each other, that is a good indicator that you're making progress and you're you're moving in probably towards marriage, if anything. So I love the picture. Mm-hmm. I've never heard you talk about that. That is so, so cool here on the FYI podcast. That's brand new material. <laughs> and to hear you, I, I'm picturing a dark staircase that is adulting and that is dating mm-hmm. and trying to go like to the next level, desiring a spouse, desiring children and a family in in the future, but finding yourself on this dark staircase, wondering, am I supposed to, I don't know, Mm -hmm. up from down, God, show me the next step. Yeah. But then it is like, boom, his word is a light to our path. He illuminates the next step. He shows us the peace. And they're glass wide because we need to be transparent with each other and with God so he can see through all the things, right? And we have glass because we're also fragile. Dating is fragile. Our life is fragile. Our future is fragile. It doesn't mean that we covet it and we don't walk on it because glass can be very strong as well. So even just like that alone, 
I just think some an awesome illustration. You're smiling ear to ear. So I don't know if he's thinking well, more things you guys. Get ready for this one. What Mike is unpacking today is powerful. And I hope that imagery resonates with you. And I just want to point out one thing, not mm-hmm. in judgment or in shame, but just to remind you that what I believe is that sin separates us from God and sin clouds our judgment. Sin, sin brings confusion. Oh, for sure. And I think in the dating (laughs) realm, in the dating relationships, I think one of the reasons, and now I'm not talking to the methodical thinker, the engineer, the person who's wired type A, the planner, the, the, the person who wants to know the next step. I'm not talking to you. That's not sin. That's how your mind works. Right. And you just need to to trust the step that God has you in and to have the faith to go to the next step. You don't have clouded judgment. You just need to ask God to illuminate the next step. Mm -hmm. Okay. But to the person who you feel like your judgment is clouded in the relationship that you're in, I would just ask Mm -hmm. to the person who feels crippled or debilitated or confused about the relationship they're in, or it's on again and it's off again because there's all this hurt and there's all this drama and it's a toxic relationship. I would just ask, Mm -hmm. is it a sin issue that's bringing confusion? Right. Okay. Because I think that that glass staircase, I'm thinking, okay, sometimes we actually turn the light off. Right. For sure. And God's trying to bring illumination. He's trying to bring light. He's trying to bring us right. his word, his way, his will, his wisdom. Right. And we're over here in darkness willingly. Well, and here's the thing I will say with that. Let's not be people that are walking down the hallway trying to find the light. Like there's even Bible verses about that, like trying to find the light. Like we're just blind people walking down the hallway trying to find light. And I will say like, what happens in darkness, light will be shed upon it. Yep. So if there is any red flag in you or in the person that you're dating, I my prayer for Josiah was like, God, if there's any red flags in him that you need to work out, like show me the pink flag because that pink flag is going to be a red flag later. And is a red flag isn't going to be like, I'm going to run and leave you high and dry. Depending what is on that flag, if the flag says, I don't know, non unwilling to commit and marriage is not a desire, then why am I dating you? If I, my ultimate goal of this relationship is to be married to somebody someday. And if the other person you're dating is like unwilling to be married, zero desire, warning, warning, (laughs) why are we in this relationship? And not to say that God can't change that other person's mind or heart, but there's no need for dating. If there's, if marriage is not on the table at the beginning, because why does anybody date? We don't date because we're lonely, right? Mm -hmm. But I will say if there's anything that you're wrestling with in darkness, light will be shed upon it. And it's just a matter of when and where. So I would much rather deal with whatever sin issues I have with God and have him take me in the back alley, rough me up a bit, give me a swat on the rear or lovingly correct me in whatever way he needs to versus being publicly or, I don't know, in front of my friends or family or congregation. (laughs) put in a place of shame and called out like caught in whatever. I mean, so we all have something, right? So it's like, I'd rather have God deal with my character issue, my sin issue, my flaw than to be publicly called out. So I think even if you're dating somebody that's really wrestling with somebody and if they're willing to work on whatever that is, that's one thing. But if they're trying to hide 
and they're trying to be sneaky or they're trying to justify, oh my gosh, you guys, we try to justify any and all things. We write like, oh, well, I will watch R-rated movies if it's war. If it's this, I'm going to justify that. I will only watch X, Y, and Z. So we try to justify, you know, it's like kind of, you know what I try to justify? Like Christmas time, there's bite size, everything. Those bite sizes equal like half a cake by the time I'm done, right? So I'm like, just being mindful of like, what are we choosing to justify or be blinded by in the process because we don't want to see the flaw in ourselves or the person that we're dating because- uh, if that does take place, that means we've elevated them um, in f- like above God and we just admire them so much. Like I admire you, but you're not on a pedestal, right? Mm-hmm. So I think just having those things in mind too. Sorry. And in his book, The Meaning of Marriage, Timothy Keller said, mm, yeah. to be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. Mm-hmm. Think about that mm-hmm. for a second. I'll come back to that. Okay. To be known but not loved is our greatest fear to be fully known and truly loved is well, a lot like being loved by God. It is what we need more than anything. It liberates us from pretense, humbles us from self-righteousness and fortifies us for any difficulty life can throw at us. This is Mm -hmm. the gospel message of Jesus. Right. And through Timothy Keller in that book, the medium marriage, love that book. I think that what he's getting at there is so many of us put on a mask in dating or present a false image of ourself that we want to be, how we want to be perceived. Mm -hmm. But my question to to myself and Matt or to you as the listener is, what if the person that you're dating doesn't like who you're pretending to be, but they would have liked who you really are? Mm, That's that's the gospel. And so I would just encourage you to double down, uh, not doubt yourself, but to be uniquely you because like a fingerprint, like a snowflake, there Mm -hmm. is only one of you. You're a one of one. Mm -hmm. And that makes you so special. And how I want to end is just talking um, about the five things. And we've, we've shared this one other time on the FYI mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. and I know you have something to, to close, but I'll just share briefly that I think that there's five things that we're looking for in a potential spouse. And if these line up, then you're to the handholding stage. If they don't line up, do not pass, go, don't hold hands, don't get married, don't pursue the relationship. But right, I think that it's it's called the five finger rule. Yeah. And this I believe God downloaded to my youth pastor. And and I think it saved me from a world of hurt mm-hmm. and a world of pain. But it's what you need is to to have your five fingers align on these five. The first is faith in Christ. Christ is the thumbs up. If they lack Christ, you're not equally yoked, thumbs down. But when thumbs up, you have two thumbs up. If you're in Christ, they're in Christ. Yep. So in other words, being a Christian is more important than being compatible Yeah, because it impacts every other finger, every other mm-hmm. part of life. And the second is your compass, mm-hmm. your course in life. If you're moving towards true North and that's Jesus illuminated by his word, that's powerful. Right. Third is communication. And I'm gesturing at my middle finger, not with my middle finger, all of my hands, if you're listening all my fingers are shown, but I'm pointing at a finger that people that choose to communicate with a lot. Yep. 
And uh, th this is for communication. It's been said that marriage rises or falls on communication and relationships thrive or don't thrive because mm -hmm. of how open we are in communication. And if you're going to put a ring on somebody's finger someday, you will want to be committed to that person and you want them to be committed to you. Are they committed? Right. The last one is that chemistry piece or compatibility piece. It's important. Mm -hmm. It's just where we get turned around is when we put the pinky first instead of and the Christ thumb. last. Yeah. And I think just even back to Maddie's question, like how do you choose? So how do we choose yeah. our spouse to move forward with someone, even if we haven't had that supernatural or that major confirmation, because some people do experience that and that's yep. incredible. And other people are wondering like, am I making the right decision or the wrong decision? And it's crippling. Yep. So I think even just taking into consideration those five things that Josiah just unpacked and to look at is the person I'm dating, do they have all these things? Like, do, do we bode well with all these things? Do I, and do they? And I think with these five things, we're, we're choosing Christ. We're choosing to be in God's will, meaning the compass. We're choosing to be in good communication and always grow in that skill and that ability to communicate. And then we're growing in our willingness to commit to this person. And we're choosing um, to hold off on the chemistry, even though the chemistry is there. So I think with these five things, you're choosing to grow. You're choosing to feed this. You're not trying to force it. So the moment you try to force something, that's when we try to justify and we begin to wonder how did I get into this relationship or how did I date this person that long? Why did we go so far or fill in the blank? And like I said, we serve a God of peace, not a God of chaos. We serve a God of order that will bring peace, will bring order and will bring bring clarity in the process. So if you're anything like me and you have these five things and they're all existing and the person that you're maybe dating or wanting to date um, is demonstrating these five things as well as yourself, I would begin to pray, Lord, I pray for small confirmations along the way. So what Josiah didn't know is when that we did go on that mission trip, I had friends and family praying for me specifically on that mission trip and Josiah set like praying for both of us, not as a couple, but separately. I'm like, Lord, if I, pr I told my friends, I said, pray that if Josiah and I are supposed to be together or not even that I had prayed this, I said, pray that Josiah sees my heart for what it is because I was called in ministry before I met him called young adults. Like I said before. So just really had some prayer warriors behind the scene. I never told him I had people praying for that until he said like, Hey, I saw your heart on the mission trip. Boom. That was confirmation for me. So I, pr I prayed for little breadcrumbs for myself and for Josiah separately. And if it was God's will together. And I think that just, just that confirmation along the way to know like, okay, I'm choosing to be a friend to you. I'm choosing to serve alongside the vision you have for ministry. I'm choosing to go on this mission trip. And God was confirming things along the way, choosing to say yes for you to get me to know me, me to get to know you. We're choosing to put a ring on it. We're choosing to build a future and we're choosing to begin our marriage with the end in mind. So everything we do, like we're teaching our two and three-year-old, you have a choice. We all have choices and God gives us that beautiful free will. And then we try to pinpoint our negative experiences on him that he never blessed, that we did not feel peace. We felt chaos. We felt confusion. We felt conflicted. Um, but I would just begin to pray like, Lord, if the person I'm dating is the one that you have for me, bring peace and love is never forced. Love is a choice. 
We shouldn't force anything on the person we're dating and we should never be forced to become somebody that we're not. Now there's a difference between sharpening and loving and calling each other up to higher levels of intimacy with the Lord. That's one thing. But I just think when you're choosing, we choose each other every day, just like we choose Christ every day. Like we said, when we got married, the D word is not in our vocabulary. We are not getting divorced. Like mm. we're choosing each other and we're going to stay committed, stay connected and stay in communication in that process. So those are just some approaches. That's not the end all be all by anything you guys as listeners, but we're talking today about the power of choices and the power of resting confidently in mm-hmm. the God-given ability that you have the freedom and empowerment to make mm-hmm. choices and to know that God's with you, that the the advantage and distinctive competency of a Christian relationship with Jesus is to know that when he is for you, who can be against you? Right. That's the message of the gospel. And next week, right here on FYI, we're going to be tackling the follow-up to this question, which is dealing with big decisions. Biblically speaking, how do we process mm-hmm. major de- decisions as Christ followers? That being marriage that we just talked about, but also jobs, cross-country moves, churches, friendships, and so much more. You're listening to the FYI Podcast.